Our reading this morning is from Mark's Gospel, Mark chapter 8, verses 34 to 38. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Do you ever find yourself looking for stuff? Maybe it's glasses, mobile phones, car keys and stuff like that. Uh, what's worse uh, in our house is that we've all got the, pretty much the same phone. So they've all got the same chargers. And then the thing that I hear time and time again is that, no, that one is definitely mine because I would never lose my charger. And then about three months later, in some seldom used handbag, out comes the said charger that was never going to be lost. Jesus talks in this passage about finding something. And what he's talking about is about finding life. If I maybe put it even in this way, it's coming from Eugene Peterson's translation of this passage, where he says it's actually, Jesus is saying here, it's about finding yourself, finding your true self. And if that is what Jesus is really getting at, then I think that this is actually a very modern phenomenon. And it's the desire to find yourself. Questions like, who am I? What am I about? And those are also spiritual issues. And what Jesus is saying here is actually something that is deeply, deeply challenging. I'm going to read verse 35 of that passage, which was read earlier where Jesus says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. So there, Jesus is telling us how you can find yourself, how you can know yourself well enough that you can have a resilient identity so that you can face all the struggles of life. And perhaps if I can summarize this in any way, what Jesus is actually saying here is stop trying to save yourself. And yet that desire to try and save yourself is a very normal, natural instinct. Perhaps you might remember that classic episode from Only Fools and Horses, where Del Boy is at the bar and he's leaning on that flip-up countertop Momentarily, he turns away to speak to someone and unbeknownst to him, Mike the barman has flipped that counter up. Then Del Boy turns back and he puts his arm down as if to lean on the countertop. It's no longer there and then he just falls seamlessly to the floor. People would say that that was perfect, masterful acting because it's such a hard thing to do not to take that extra step to try and save yourself. 
But what Jesus is saying here is that you've got to stop trying to save yourself because he's the one who does that for us. And yet it doesn't make any sense at all to the natural mind not to try and save yourself. And you will never be able to do that and to trust Jesus unless you are convinced that Jesus has a plan for your life and that he has a strong love for you. So there's no putting on a show for Jesus. There's no saving your own face when it comes to Jesus. You simply have to admit how broken and how ordinary you really are. But that's actually the start of the road to recovery and discovery. But we are so conditioned to think in the opposite way. Naturally, we want to try and save face. We don't want to make the first move in case we are rejected. Now, this will probably mean nothing to younger people here who seem to have wonderful self-confidence. But if you're a little bit older and maybe you're watching your Facebook account and there's a friend request comes in and you think about making another to somebody else, are you ever really hesitant about making that friend request in case you're rejected or ignored and forgotten about? So we save ourselves by just ignoring that situation. And you can apply that to other aspects of following Jesus. So you say to yourself things like, oh, I could never do that because that's outside of my comfort zone. You're trying to save yourself. Or I couldn't give that money away because these are uncertain days. Oh, I couldn't do that because... I would be too far away from my family. I couldn't do that because I need to keep everything else going. And so we try and save ourselves. Now there's a time for thinking through seriously what we can do and whether we're actually able to fulfill that. But we mustn't do that to the extent that it stops us stepping out in faith. Jesus says, stop trying to save yourself. And when we trust Jesus in that way, actually there's a couple of byproducts that come with that. And maybe the first one is actually you find freedom. How does the world believe you find your own identity? Primarily, it's in your job. Isn't that the first thing that you say? or ask when you meet someone for the first time, what do you do? And you answer that, oh, I'm a builder, I'm a secretary, I'm a mother of three kids, or I wear these clothes and this is my tribe. But the problem is, if you find your soul identity in those things, you will accept unreasonable expectations. You'll bend over backwards to maintain your place of acceptance because losing those things, whatever it is, is the greatest thing to you. You don't want to lose your position at work. You don't want to be left alone. You don't want to be the odd one out. But you can only be truly free if you understand that what Jesus thinks of you is more important than any of these things. Now, there's another thing 
that comes when we begin to understand that Jesus can save us and we can't save ourselves. And that is actually that we find our own sense of purpose. Because Jesus doesn't talk here simply about losing your life and finding a new one. What Jesus actually says here, if you read that again, is you lose your life for me. Now, if you've been a Christian for a while, you probably believe that in your head. But if you're like me, you struggle to put that into practice. But what Jesus is getting at here is a real, deep, long challenge. It's a challenge about how serious we are about following Jesus. And it's equally relevant no matter what stage of life that you might be at. You might feel that you're on the final straight or you might think you're in the midlife years caught somewhere between dreams and reality. But particularly if you're younger and you're looking to the future, Jesus says, lose your life for me. And that might entail getting involved with people you wouldn't naturally get involved with. It might mean taking a job that you wouldn't naturally take. It might result in dealing with your money in different ways. And Jesus asked, what will you give in exchange for your soul? What could you give? Now, God has answered that by saying that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, to die on a cross. And the cross actually gives you a completely different lens through which to view and to make sense of your life. All those ups and downs, all those things that really you're struggling to make sense of. And the cross does that in a couple of different ways. And the first one is that the cross actually challenges conventional wisdom. Let's think where you are right now. Your heart is perhaps saying to you, this should never have happened. God, I feel like you've let me down in some way. Why does this happen? Or why did this have to happen in the way that it has? So if you are thinking like that, and if your heart is speaking to you like that, I want to say to you that the cross challenges that outlook because the cross reminds me that God does not forget his children. Remember that at the cross, you might well think that that was the, the place where God was most absent, but actually God was most present in those moments, working in what he was doing in Jesus' life so that Jesus lost everything, so it would seem. But there was the place where God was most evident. So the cross challenges the way in which we would naturally think of things and it challenges how you naturally think of your own life. And the second way the cross challenges our lives is it actually challenges our fears. Again, today you might be gripped by fear and your heart is saying to you, I was a fool to think that this would work out. 
And so you might well be thinking that I'm a failure. There's no point in trying to step out with God because there's no way that God will grant me this blessing. There's just too much at stake and I'm ludicrous to do whatever God is laying on on my heart. But the cross says, no, you will not be abandoned and God is bigger than your fears. So if you're not a Christian today, And perhaps you're just weighing up what you will do with Jesus and you're weighing that up on the basis of what you believe Jesus can do for you. I want you to say to yourself and to answer yourself realistically, don't make that decision simply on whether or not Jesus can make your life more comfortable and easy, but rather to understand that Jesus offers you something much, much more because Jesus offers you the opportunity here to find yourself, your true self, to find life in all its fullness. Step into what God has prepared for you in Jesus and take Jesus as your Savior. And let's just join together in prayer. And now may grace, mercy, and peace. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest and remain with each of you today and always. Amen.